Hello and welcome to episode five of Luffy's Lectures. Six? One of the two. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well. Yeah, 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 because we did. This is five. I think it's five. Because this was the fourth arc, but we split the last one in two. Right. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm still your host, George Frizzard, joined as always by Ed Ader. Ed, how are you feeling today? I'm feeling good. I don't know if it is symptoms, not the right word, but a, a result of us keep upping the amount of episodes we watch <laughs> every time uh, at a steady clip, or it was just these episodes themselves. But I feel like so much happened in this six episodes we watched this week, like so much to unpack. Yeah, I mean, this was and I, this arc. I was kind of looking it up to see. I I rate this arc. This arc, personally, pretty high. Um, and I was kind of seeing what the general consensus was. And generally, this is rated about, like, a C to a B tier uh, arc. And so, I think this is kind of the first, like, really strong one of the show. Yeah. The next one, uh, Arlong Park, being the first, like, very strong arc. So, we're rolling into, you know, everything's kind of picking up. Everything's, everything's rolling now in the One Piece universe. But... Before we jump into it, there was actually a couple pieces of One Piece news that were pretty significant. Oh, baby. That I wanted to just mention before we got started on the Baratier stuff. All right, let me hear it. So, uh, it was the 24th anniversary of One Piece this past weekend, I believe. Uh, this past Saturday was officially the 24th anniversary, so... It's almost as old as you, George. Almost as old as me. <laughs> it's, uh... <laughs> I mean, it's significant. It's, yeah. you know, 24 years. Huge. Massive series, one yep. of the most popular ones, uh, and rolling along with that, it passed 490 million copies in circulation. I did see making that. it the second most popular like comic of all time, just under Superman. Jeez, uh, that's nuts. <laughs> so it surpassed Batman in terms of like total uh, issues in circulation, which wow. is pretty fucking massive. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and this last little. Little thing is just kind of a cutesy one. Um, in honor of this, I believe it was for the anniversary, there was a crossover with Where's Waldo in the latest issue of Shonen Jump. It's all kind of based around the latest arc, the Wano arc, uh, but it is really fun. It's kind of cute. It's in the Where's Waldo style, but there's a lot of uh, hidden characters. That's very cool. A lot of, like, just just cool stuff. I might have to <laughs> get my eyes on that. That sounds really cool. Yeah. But that's mo- you know the yeah. the big big pieces of One Piece news. I don't think that'll be a reoccurring topic on the show. But I was like, wow, yeah. there's actually a lot of significant stuff there's this week. <laughs> there's a lot to talk about. Yeah, just to, not to dwell on it, but to touch on the age of it. I I'm a huge nerd, and I keep a spreadsheet of like every show I watch and like episodes. Like I plug in all the info, and one of the columns I do is like original air date and like the episodes we watched here spanned like my 10th birthday and that just made me realize like how far we have to go on this damn show. i was like oh my god i was like man i should have just started watching this when it came out and then i realized like how young i was <laughs> this this week and then you would have been a weekly watcher for for decades, decades. Yeah. <laughs> um but yeah i mean speaking of that i think this first episode 19 was from march 22nd 2000 so blast from the past here um, but this is Past of Swords, the promise between Zoro and Kuina. Yeah, so we get like another one-off 
episode here. It doesn't really have anything to do with the rest of the... Right. This is kind of day. almost like the Gaimon episode that we ended with Syrup, uh, Syrup Village with. This is kind of just Zoro's backstory. There's right. really no um, plot, you know, right. additional plot. It's just kind of building up Zoro as a character. I guess character. Like they touch on it a bit. Like, it really builds out Zoro as a character. Yeah. And and tugs I, at the heartstrings. Jeez. I mean, this is... <laughs> A pretty, like, it's been so long since I've, you know, kind of revisited this stuff that, you know, it's like, obviously you know all the characters' backstories in the back of your mind, but, you know, seeing it all play out again, this is actually, like, a pretty emotional, kind of deep character moment for Zoro where, you know, we get to see, like, the effect of, you know, even gender roles in this universe and how hard Zoro trains to be the greatest swordsman and kind of why he has this immense drive to become the world's greatest swordsman. Um, and, you know, just like how hard he trains, even from a very young age. Yeah, he was like five, just like <laughs> holding six swords in his mouth. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there's like, it's a good balance of like, there's that goofy kind of, you know, humorous moments where, like you said, Zoro's holding nine swords. He's got three in each, yeah. like three in his mouth and then three in each hand. I can't wait for the nine sword style. <laughs> and, uh, you know, he's just constantly bested by Kuina, just cannot seem to defeat her. And then she just kind of tragically dies in this accident. And she fell down some stairs. Fell down some stairs. I mean, this is like, I won't say it's hotly debated, but there's like some discussion as to, you know, what, what happened with happened. that, yeah. especially because... There is a character that shows up later that bears a striking resemblance to her, and oh, she's an okay. adult. So, whether that's connected in any way, we don't know. But uh, it's definitely, you know, in little Princess Zelda action going on. Possibly, like, oh, okay. we, we <laughs> and like even at this point in the story, we don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, obviously, uh, yeah, I have no clue now. Oh, you're saying? Yeah, like even in current in nine hundred up nine hundred fifty <laughs> episodes, I won't know. Right. Okay, but you know. Queena dies in this tragic accident, or quotations, dies, depending on, you know, however the story ends up, and Zoro kind of, you know, takes her ceremonial sword as one of his three swords, and, you know, tries to ascribe to the mantle of, you know, greatest swordsman of all time to kind of, you and know, he, in her honor. And he didn't really need any more motive. He was already so motivated to get there <laughs> before this happened that it was just like icing on the cake. You knew he was going to do it or die trying. Right. At that very moment. <laughs> right. So, just a good good little fleshing out of, you know, one of our main straw hats at this point. Yeah, um, I really like that episode. Yeah, I think, like I said, not something that's really connected to the Bratia arc in any way, but definitely, you know, strong fleshing out of one of our main characters that yeah. was, you know, welcomed and uh, appreciated. Yeah, super interesting episode. So now we move on to episode 20, uh, the famous cook, Sanji of the Floating Restaurant. And so this episode starts with, uh, you know, our crew is coming up. Uh, well, actually, they're attacked by Johnny and uh, Yasaku, who are... Oh, yeah, because Usopp's just shooting cannonballs at yeah. <laughs> random shit. Right, they're doing target <laughs> practice, and they blow up the mountain yeah. where uh, Johnny and Yakasu were recovering. Well, Yakasu more so. Uh, scurvy. From scurvy. And, you know, he's irate because as they were just trying to catch some Zs, uh, <laughs> the mountain blew up next to them and, you know, 
kind of scared him, so he shows up to kind of try to uh, extract revenge for his friend here. Um, he's former, you know, former allies with Zoro. They used to be bounty hunters together. Yeah. Um, we get to Says see bro a lot, big bro. Yeah, big bro, Z- Zoro bro, <laughs> and um, Nami kind of is there, you know, for the rescue. And you know says like, eat a lime, yeah she's like eat a couple of limes dummy. <laughs> <laughs> Luckily they had like a couple of barrels of limes in the yeah. reserve, which makes sense since they are going on a long voyage and they need true you know need things that would prevent scurvy. And um, you know sail up to the Baratier in search of a cook. You know there is that yeah. kind of humorous moment where they're talking about like what what more do they need for their crew if they're going to actually tackle the Grand Luffy's Line. Like, obviously Luffy's like. No, we need a musician. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> He's like, who's right. going to entertain us and sing us a bunch of songs? And they're like, you're the dumbest piece of shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was pretty good. But then, yeah, he gets on the cook. We need someone to cook us food. Right. Because, as we know, Zoro, or, uh, Luffy's a massive fan of meat. Yep. He needs to have an uh, ample supply of that. And um, kind of, they come up on the Baratier. I don't know if it's the end of this episode or the beginning of the next one where they actually interact with it, where the Marines kind of fire the cannonballs at them. Yeah, I think that was this one. And then, was it Iron Fist, Hammer? Oh, right, right. So the... The hell's that guy's name? Yeah. The, like, Iron Fist Marine captain tries to sink their ship, their puny little pirate ship. Luffy absorbs the cannon blast with his uh, gum-gum abilities, but accidentally slingshots it into the Baratier, causing a bunch of damage and knocking out their head chef. The owner. Yeah, Chef Zeff. And, <laughs> and then, yeah, he ends up like... And he basically has to try to make... Indentured servitude. Right, he tries to make amends. <laughs> chef Zeff is like, you gotta work for me for free for a year. Yeah. He's like, I'll give you one week. One week. <laughs> two weeks. Two weeks. Three weeks. That's my final offer. <laughs> it's such a ridiculous story, man. <laughs> But then I, I really like the yeah hammer Iron Fist or whatever the hell his name was. He like tried to look all sharp by pre-ordering a wine and then going in there and being like, you know, right. Somalia. Like he's a Somalia. He, he's like, yeah, I took he's notes. He's like, of I this. told him what I want. Yeah, yeah. Sanji just completely, you know, schools him in front of everybody, and they're all kind of laughing at him. He doesn't like that. He doesn't like that. He disrespects the food by putting a bug in it and, you know, he says, like, how could you serve me this? Oh, yeah, the soup. Yeah, so he goes to destroy it, you know, break the bowl on the ground. Sanji does not like any wasted food. And I believe, like, the stinger thing of this episode was, you know, they all kind of come in because they're like, well, you know, Luffy's been in there a while. Let's see what he's up to. And Sanji has, like, single-handedly defeated this Marine with, you know, it seems like very little effort. Yeah. So it kind of sets him up. Cigarette in his mouth. Cigarette in his mouth. You know, sets him up is definitely pretty formidable. You know, definitely a strong chef. Yeah. And which is weird. <laughs> it gets weirder from there, but yeah, yeah, he's a he's really rude to the customers. Um, he's the sous chef of this restaurant. Yeah. Um, and a formidable. And all the waiters quit, so he has to go out there and actually interact with the people. And right. It's terrible. And... Right. And this is a a restaurant famous for the fighting chefs. Basically, all the chefs in this place are, like, trained... Yeah, in combat. In some kind of combat. So, people all around the world like to come here for that for some reason. And the food's supposed to be really and good, And the food too, is really good, it. too. So, <laughs> but it's, like, kind of famous for this, like, fighting chef's... Yeah. Uh, like, motto or whatever to it, which is... 
weird, but it's also really fun. I feel like I was on the right path when I said it was fancy last. last yeah, time. I mean it's definitely it's a fancy restaurant. <laughs> it's a fancy the, restaurant. The Baratier is a, a fancy of, restaurant. A lot of people drinking wine. They look well to do. Yeah, definitely. I mean, the Marine, you know, admirals go there to kind of show off to their their Lady women. Friends, so. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. A fancy little restaurant. That... Not what I expected <laughs> not at you, all. Not necessarily what you meant by fancy, but you'll take the, well, you'll take take the crossover. I'll take it. The Fighting Chef restaurant <laughs> was not the arc I had in mind. <laughs> um, so we'll move on to uh, an unexpected guest, Sanji's Food and Jin's Grace. Yes. And yes. so this, we basically have a the captive of the Marine ship escapes and is you know they've been starving him for multiple days he's you know has no money but is looking for some kind of sustenance because he's been starved for so long uh the main like waiter head yeah, chef there the patty patty that's <laughs> patty basically you know so, tells him to go go kick rocks and he's not gonna help he's him like, out yeah, at all yeah you can go die yeah <laughs> but you know sanji makes him a special meal you know, goes out and feeds him. Look delicious. Look delicious too. Like some kind of octopus fried rice. Forget about <laughs> it. Forget about it. Uh, Luffy is failing miserably at being a at any kind of help in yeah. the restaurant. Breaking plates. He doesn't know his way around a kitchen. He's eating food off people's dinner plates. He's just a. You can tell he's never had a job of any type before. Yeah. So you know he's breaking all the dishes. He can't take an order. He's pissed because when he goes out in the dining he room... He picks all... up the pan that's super hot yeah. just with his hands. <laughs> uh, he goes in the dining room and all of his friends are eating and he's pissed because they're eating without him. Yeah. Uh, so Luffy's not having a good time at this point. But, you know, he sees Sanji's good deed here of feeding this guy even though, you know, couldn't pay for anything. It just seems to be out of the goodness of his heart. And yeah. at that point, Luffy has set his eyes on Sanji joining the crew and as we've seen, if the pass is any indication, he's going to join. He's going to join the crew. <laughs> That's he what I'm hoping. He doesn't have a lot of say in the matter. Yeah. So <laughs> I hope I hope we get there. Um. Now, now we're kind of introduced to in the 22nd episode the villain of the arc with Captain Don Krieg. Don Krieg with the greatest pirate fleet, Don Krieg. So Jin basically returns to. Uh, you know, Krieg. The remains of their ship. The remains of their ship that got completely destroyed when they went on the Grand Line. Um, you know, basically shows up and tells them about the Baratier, how, you know, he was just fed there and everything. And Don Krieg has, you know, his group of dudes and he essentially... They're all starving too. They're all starving too. So he shows up kind of hat in hand saying he's got, you know, a hundred soldiers on his ship that all need to be fed and he's starving and would, you know, he's like on his knees begging and, you know, just looking for any morsel of food that they could possibly give him. Making all these promises. Making all these promises. He's not going to attack anyone. He's not going to do anything. He just needs a little bit of food and he'll be on his way. Uh, clearly, uh, as soon as he's fed, we find that. And, you know, Sanji was warned basically that Don Krieg is another one of these pirates that has like a thousand like, yeah, not, he's, he's not necess- he's not doesn't have the nomenclature of like the pirate of a thousand plans but yeah. he's definitely like a dog like he yeah, doesn't yeah. doesn't fight clean he doesn't play by the rules doesn't play by the rules basically if you give him an inch he takes it a mile definitely probably probably i'd say the most 
impressive like fleet and i mean it's just got demolished but (laughs) prior to that like probably the most impressive pirate slash pirate crew that we've come across so far there right. were at I mean, the time there were five thousand of them. Yeah, five thousand men, a full fleet of ships. They made it to the Grand Line. He's like eight feet tall. Yeah, huge armor clad. <laughs> but this is kind of a where we're seeing basically how dangerous the Grand Line is. Yeah, Don Krieg as a character is essentially to set up the fact that the Grand Line is not for the faint of heart. Right. You know, this guy who says that he's so dangerous. And all these people are so afraid of just, the, you know, encountering him or talking about him. Yeah. He shows up and he's been defeated on the Grand Line in less than a week. Right. He showed up with all these men and all this stuff and just gets absolutely demolished almost immediately. Yeah. So really kind of sets up this Grand Line as this is a dangerous place and not not somewhere for the, for, you know, very Bobby green Luffy. pirates to go and show <laughs> up and, you know, not expect to get their ass handed to them basically. Yeah. That's where the real big boys play. And although Don Krieg is kind of the biggest fish in this small pond, you know, as soon as he hits that bigger pond, he immediately he just gets, gets completely demolished. <laughs> yeah. He's quite the character that his like armor once they feed him and then he turns into a jerk and Patty shoots him with that like grenade launcher oh, yeah. or whatever that yeah, hell the, it is. The fish gun. <laughs> <laughs> and uh <laughs> And then once the smoke clears, he's just standing there in his ridiculous, like, golden armor. Yeah, with, gold-clad like, armor. He's got guns two gu- on mounted guns. <laughs> yeah. I that think was quite the trip. He's he's a really... And, you know, honestly, we don't really get to see too much of what he does just yet. Um, you know, he's basically just kind of set up as the antagonist in this first half. And we don't really get to see him yeah. do too much. Because that basically happened, and then their episodes are kind of running together for me. But then he, like... Eventually, they just give him a bunch of food to take back to the other guys on the ship. So right. he kind of leaves for a while. Right. So, you know, Chef Zeph shows up and, you know, gives him a giant bag of food and says, you yeah. know, this should feed your hundred men. Everyone's like, are you crazy? Why would we feed these guys? And, you know, they're like, you're, you're as bad as Sanji trying to feed all these. And he basically says, you know. If anybody's starving, we have to feed them. And, yeah. like, Sanji knows that. You've never been there. You've never been starving, so you don't know how bad it is. Yeah. You know, Sanji's been there, and, like, you know, that's why we have to help him out. Because, like, starving is so terrible that, you know, it's a fate that they don't wish on anybody. Because yeah. they've both been there. And uh, Chef Zeph is also um, revealed to have been like a pretty formidable pirate in the past yeah that was a pretty cool i mean like they haven't gone into it at all yet but, right but, but it's kind don, of alluded to don krieg is definitely like wait a minute yeah. i know you right they he, must have some type of he was this like powerful chef with these kicks that no one could imagine right you know he's super powerful kicks and now he can't do anything because he's missing a leg yeah and so he's kind of like you know how the mighty have fallen i'm gonna go and feed all my men and then you're all screwed yeah. <laughs> kind of deal um so yeah, I mean that's that's where the majority of the story is set up. Um, so where we leave off in this arc, or this you know half this, arc. this half of the arc that we uh, ended was you know we get to see this Dracul Mihawk, oh, who yes. was Hawkeye. the Hawkeye, who sh- who was the pirate who single handedly destroyed the entire Don Krieg fleet with his giant sword on his back. He's got a pretty cool vibe going on with his little coffin he, right he's boat. got this tiny little boat with the green candles yeah. and 
literally shaped like a coffin with like a little cross. He almost has like a bayou. I don't know. I got kind of like Louisiana vibes. <laughs> from. Yeah, or like like Transylvanian yeah, almost. Yeah, like, yeah. I mean, but he's definitely you know the for sure the most powerful pirate we've seen in the show thus far. Uh, yeah, he fights Zoro, and he has this giant sword on his back, <laughs> but he literally pulls out this little, like, I yeah. don't even know, one-inch This one-inch dagger <laughs> out of his cross necklace, and, you know, we get to see, basically, this is the pirate that Zoro's been searching for for so long, because he figures, that guy is the greatest swordsman, Right. so if I beat him, that's, like, his, his barrier to being the greatest swordsman in the world. So he shows up, you know, tries his damnedest, uses his three-sword style... Yeah. And just gets absolutely demolished. Like, yeah. it's not even a contest. Right? I thought for a second he was done. I was like, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, rid of him quick. But... Yeah, I mean, Meox basically, you know, toys with him for a while with the little dagger. And, you know, tries to kind of suss him out as a swordsman to see kind of if he is a, you know, anything special. Or if he's just... Cause, another cause, guy. Just another guy, because... Mihawk's whole goal, basically, is he's just looking for a rival. He wants yeah. somebody that'll actually be a challenge for him. And so, you know, we figured Don Krieg, who is, like, this big badass of the East East Blue, would be something. Yeah. And he absolutely demolished him without any, with, you know, without even trying. Zoro's an actual proper swordsman, but still, he's nothing no in comparison to Dracul Mihawk. Yeah. And, uh, you know, tries to give him the... Once he kind of susses him out as an actual, you know, decent swordsman, pulls out the big gun, his massive sword on his back, and says, you know, I'll kill you with honor, just, yeah. you know, because yeah. I actually respect you. And, you know, Zoro kind of shows off in the last second and, you know, realizes that he's beaten, lets him slash him across the chest because he says, you know, mark on a swordsman back is kind of like the biggest dishonor. dishonor. Yeah. And that really lights a fire under Mihawks. He's like, oh, this guy. Yeah. I'm coming back for him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was kind of a weird moment. I feel like there was a lot of long-term setup that was going on there. Like, first we basically find out that the the Blue, Grand Blue, wherever they are Yeah, now, the East Blue. The East Blue is, like, the weakest of the four right. seas. So, like, we got a long way to go <laughs> before we get to the Grand Line. And then, yeah, so he kind of is like, okay, kid, like, you know. I whooped your ass, but whatever. And then, like, you also you got get some, some spunk. You yeah. got a little, little bit to you. And then, like, Luffy's there, like, making sure Zoro's okay, and he's got all the spunk of the world, yeah. too. So he's like, and he's just like, I like your guy's style. Right. <laughs> yeah. He's like, you know what? I was going to kill you, Krieg, right. but I think these guys could probably But I've handle... had enough ex- Yeah, I've had enough fun for a while, so I'm just going to chill, and yeah. I'll go back to the... Just you know, back to the grand line. boat. Yeah. But... Mihawks is kind of one of those characters that's almost like, um, he's essentially the, the Shanks to Zoro's, mm, yeah. you know, Luffy is to Shanks as what Mihawks is to Zoro, yeah. where that's kind of like the, the goal they're trying to reach and you know, they'll see them. I'm sure we'll see him again. We'll see him day. again. And you know, you see him every so often for like a brief little, yeah. little instance here or there, but you know, just such impact when you see those characters. Yeah, that was really cool. Like, I think what's really interesting is just how, like, it's such good world building at this point, you know? Like, I think that's kind of One Piece's absolute strength. Like, obviously, all the Straw Hats are extremely likable, and, 
you know, you're rooting for him the whole time, and yeah. you love to follow him, and you love to see their... Well, Nami stole the boat. Nami did steal the boat. <laughs> and all the loot, so yeah. I'm kind of pissed at her right now. But. Yeah. Nami did uh, take the boat and basically say, you know, fuck off. Yeah. So, you know, but Luffy's not giving up that easy. He sent Zoro and Usopp ahead to go get her. He's going to finish working off his debt at yep. the Baratie. <laughs> got to put in some more time <laughs> yeah. on, it, on the... He's, uh... he's got a little bit of work left to do, mm-hmm. so... Uh, he basically said they'll go figure it out, and uh, then he'll come and and finish the job, get get Nami back for him. But yeah. well, I guess I mean I think the biggest strength of One Piece is basically you know the world building is so good it sets up everything for like something inconsequential will become yeah you can see critical a hundred chapters yeah, later a hundred episodes later it's already like yeah. wheels are turning it's like oh that's gonna that's gonna be important. That's gonna be Right. Um, but that's kind of where we leave off. On, I think uh, I think the one thing I liked about this is it was actually a really good place to stop for once. This has been, I think, even the end of arcs, this has been like the one where like I was like, took a breath. Yeah. Okay, I can use a breath. I did watch all six episodes in like one sitting. Yeah. So that was part of it. But I felt like we got some good closure with Hawkeye leaving town. Right. We get the, you know, Zoro and... Usopp have their own goal. They're right. you know just starting on their thing. Uh, we'll figure out what we'll figure out what happens with Don Krieg. You know we have the big, the big confrontations kind of set up for the second half of this arc. Uh, we've seen some big kind of world building stuff. So we got a lot to look forward to in the second half of this Baratier storyline. So can't wait, can't wait. So we got the last six episodes next week, and then we'll move on to Arlong Park. Sounds like a summer of Chicago. (laughs) All right. Well, we'll see you next time.